Is there a Dixie Alley? And what do tornadoes in the South mean for Minnesota? This is Way Over Our Heads, a weather and climate podcast. I'm Jim Dubois. Kenny Blumenfeld's a climatologist. Kenny, how you doing? I'm doing well, hanging in there. How are you, Jim? I'm doing very well in uh, isolation right now. And thank goodness for technology so you and I can still chat, given our current situation uh, locked down. Oh, yes. Yeah, we are. This wouldn't have been possible 15 years ago. So. Right, right. Well, anyway, let's, uh, let's talk about a Dixie Alley. We just had a big severe weather outbreak in the south. Mississippi, for example, two EF4 tornadoes, one of which I believe was two miles wide. Is yeah. that unusual? Uh, no and yes. I mean, huge tornadoes on one hand are extraordinarily rare. You know, we, we're starting to get a handle on how many tornadoes there actually are each year in the U.S., and, and 2,000 might be the right number. And of those, generally, you know, only under a dozen typically are actually rated at EF4 or, or even EF5, and those, but they're very, very rare. So they make up less than 1% of the population of tornadoes by a lot, just a fraction of a percent. So in that sense, they're rare, but they do have some habits. I mean, they're, they're kind of creatures of habits, and that's why we have terms like tornado alley, because that tells us, you know, based on nothing more than folklore, folk, folk science, where, you know, we sort of have intuited that tornadoes are generally the most common. And then under scientific analysis, it turns out that some of these ideas are, are correct. So in the area around Mississippi, Alabama, Arkansas, parts of Tennessee, and into Georgia, uh, during kind of late winter into early mid-spring, severe weather and tornado outbreaks, especially those, I mean, really the, the, the big tornado outbreaks are actually pretty common. And so, no, it's it's not at all reasonable or uh, normal to expect a gigantic uh, mile plus wide EF4 tornado. But, uh, you know, if there's going to be one, it's it's almost a coin toss. Is it going to be in the traditional tornado alley of the Great Plains or is it going to be in the deep south? And it's usually going to be one of those two areas, slightly different times a year. So that's kind of the long answer. Um, you wouldn't expect one on any given day in any given place, but uh, you'd also not expect to go through a year without seeing a few of these in the U.S. Well, the weather here in Minnesota has been rather benign as of late, and uh, we did uh, experience Severe Weather Awareness Week last week. There were tests of uh, the outdoor warning sirens. There were a couple of simulated tornado warnings. People were supposed to think about what they would do if severe weather were to strike them. And uh, here we are. We are now officially into severe weather season in Minnesota, but so far, we uh, really haven't seen a lot of severe weather activity, have we? Yeah, and, and really, we try and get ahead of it. The Severe Weather Awareness Week is generally scheduled to be before you're in the thick of it. So what good is reviewing when, you're all, when there's already severe weather bearing down on you? And climatologically, sure, you know, we all know we've had tornadoes in Minnesota as early as March, as early as March 6th. But in a typical year, you're not going to have tornadoes in Minnesota until May. And not even every year do we have them in May. 
climatologically, that's sort of the average. You'll start seeing them tick up in May. And of course, for us here, you know, our severe weather kind of follows the northward retreat of the wintertime jet stream. And so it's heading back north. And as the warmer air moves up, and usually that severe weather kind of affects the Great Plains first, late April into May, and then gets here generally and kind of gets down to business middle to end of June. And that's sort of our peak tornado season. So in fact, we, we have been quiet, and right now we're in northwesterly flow, which means the prevailing winds throughout the atmosphere, uh, if you kind of averaged them all, they come from the northwest, and that's not conducive to uh, tornadoes or severe weather in our region. I mean, you need the air to be coming up from the Gulf of Mexico, and you need, uh, you know, one of those strong low-pressure systems to shoot off to your north, you know, basically take a, a southwest to northeast trajectory through some area north of you. And then you can start talking about severe weather, but you need warmer air than we have in place. You need a lot more moisture. So we tend to peak after I would say a lot of years, Memorial Day weekend is kind of the inaugural severe weather <laughs> event for the season. We know that the fuel for severe weather is moisture, and we're in a pretty dry pattern right now. I've been watching the dew points over the last several days, and my goodness, we are really, really dry. And there are concerns now about the possibility of wildfires. Is this one of the reasons why things have been so quiet? We just haven't had that that moisture, that energy coming up from the Gulf to really even create anything that we could be concerned about? Yeah, I mean, that, that's a really good observation, Jim. It's it's certainly a part of it. You know, the other is the time of year. We, we really just got out of winter, and we might not be all the way out yet, but our trees aren't budding yet. There really aren't leaves out. Um, there's not a whole lot of ground cover. You, you're going to see some of those, you know, first-generational plants springing forth from the cold ground. But there's not a lot. The soil, even though it's thawed, is still pretty cool. So I bring that up, Jim, because as we always talk about, it's the evapotranspiration. Yes. The, the, the transferring of water out of not just the soil and the surface waters, but also out of the living plants into the atmosphere. It's once that begins that we really start to see the atmospheric humidity cranking up and we start seeing those higher dew points. But even without that, there are times where we can get uh, additional boosts of moisture and you do require flow out of the Gulf of Mexico. In other words, the winds have to come from the Gulf of Mexico. Otherwise, it's just not going to happen. So you are right. Those, uh, those northwesterly winds that are kind of dominating our weather patterns right now, those are not bringing us any moisture. And the day that we're recording this, much of Minnesota, the southern two-thirds or so of the state, is in what's called a red flag warning. And that means that even though there's an awful lot of moisture in the soil right now, and you know, a lot of our streams are at or near flood levels, but the vegetation that fell to the ground, we call it, they call it litter, all the litter on the ground that uh, from fall and everything left over from winter, and even a lot of those tree branches and brush they don't have any moisture in them right now. And a day like today with really low relative humidities, they become pretty susceptible. So uh, it's kind of dry out there and you can get fire. So even though we're not anywhere near a drought condition in the spring, 
that's just our main fire season. And it's, it's just a physical response to not having a lot of moisture in the air. That dry air removes moisture from some vegetation. Uh, it's a desiccating air mass. And that makes it even more susceptible to bursting into flames uh, if, if given the opportunity. So, yeah, good observation, Jim. It's also, if it were just a little bit warmer and a little less windy, probably the kind of day that uh, Mr. Dubois would love. Yes, yes. It's it's getting there. It is. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd like You're it to be a little what, bit what? warmer. Uh, I hold out. Well, yeah. you know, like last week we hit uh, 70 at one point last week. Or was that the week before? I'll yeah, tell yeah. you, Kenny. No, we did it. All weeks. It was last week. All weeks just start to I think blur together here. But yeah, yeah I'm do blur together. 70 plus is more to my liking. 80 plus okay. is ideal. Oh, I like I like a good 80 plus too. I mean, it's I, I'm I'm with you there. I'm a weather guy, so I like all of it. Right. <laughs> well, let's get back for a moment to the tornadoes in the south. And uh, I know, Kenny, in your day job, you are going to be working on a project that uh, you may have more time on than usual because of the current situation. But maybe I'll just tee it up in a very broad sense. Does the severe weather season down south portend at all how the severe weather season here in Minnesota might play out in a given year? Yeah, that's a that's an interesting question. I think, you know, when we started really studying tornadoes beginning in the 1950s and 60s, and people were taking a close look, the conventional wisdom was that Kansas and Oklahoma and Texas got all the tornadoes. And this was the area called Tornado Alley. But that there would be these sort of odd outbreaks that would affect the deep south and maybe even the Ohio River Valley sometimes. And uh, for whatever reason, that deep south region was not recognized to be a real hot spot for severe weather and tornadoes until much more recently, even though the evidence was, was always there. Now, there have been some increases in the frequency of those deep south severe weather and tornado outbreaks. Uh, in the last couple decades. But really what's changed is we just have a much more comprehensive understanding of where the kinds of thunderstorms that can produce tornadoes, where they sort of live and where they go and uh, how they work. And in, in learning all of that, I think one thing that's become pretty well known is that, you know, with very rare exceptions, almost any year can produce multiple large outbreaks of tornadoes and severe thunderstorms in the deep south. And that's usually the region that gets it first. And it seems like whether they get those, you know, big outbreaks of tornadoes or whether they have kind of a subdued uh, severe weather season, that seems to have almost no effect on what happens up here. Again, we're just speculating, but this is one of the things we're going to look into if, um, on the other hand, we seem to have a stronger uh, relationship with the activity in the traditional tornado alley, so Oklahoma, Texas, and Kansas. But the relationship isn't necessarily what you would think. It might be, and again, this requires some more analysis, Jim, but you know, if you think of the years like 2010, and I'm not suggesting that all listeners know that. So I'll provide a little guidance. 2010 was the year where we had a huge outbreak of tornadoes in Minnesota. 
biggest on record on June 17th. And we ended up having more tornadoes than any other state in the country that year. And it wasn't just that day. We, we just had a barrage of severe weather that really went from mid-June well into, if not through July, and even had a resurgence in August. So it was multiple events, although there was that one, the one big one that kind of probably put us over the top. But that year, you know, we were number one in tornadoes in the, the central and southern Great Plains, the kind of traditional tornado alleys, somewhat sat their major severe weather season out. And when we look at some of our other really active years up here in Minnesota, it kind of depends on the timing, but often that's also the case that uh, a busier year up here meant that the, the kind of main tornado season skipped or at least was a little bit lighter in the central or southern plains. So it's something that requires, you know, we have to we have to look at it a little more closely. I find it fascinating. You know, Jim, when I was a doctoral student back when I was working on my PhD, that was one of the things I studied. So I was fascinated by, I've always been fascinated by tornadoes. And it's been a while since we've updated the climatology of tornadoes in Minnesota to kind of reflect all the different ways we can poke at data. So it'll be fun to, it'll be fun to do that, you know, sometime in the next couple months. Well, you'll have to keep us posted on your research. Yeah, absolutely. So, Kenny, what can we look forward to over the next few days? Kind of a benign weather pattern? Yeah, there's there's not a lot of excitement in this region. And if, you know, by excitement, I guess we're talking about the kind of things that would maybe make the newspaper. No severe weather outbreaks for sure in Minnesota until the next time we talk. Possibly few, if any, thunderstorms. You know, as we're recording this, there's some thunderstorms in Minnesota, um, small ones, and especially southeastern Minnesota. But the chances for severe weather are low, and the chances for snow, really heavy snow, uh, between now and the next time we talk, assuming we talk in a week or so, also pretty low. The main thing that we have, you know, we've got a strong cold front coming through today. Temperatures are going to drop down on Tuesday. They're going to rebound nicely on Wednesday. And then we'll get another cold front and weather system moving through Thursday and Friday. And that could produce some moderate to maybe heavy precipitation. But it's mostly going to be uh, steady rain, uh, maybe some isolated embedded thunderstorms inside that rain, especially in southern Minnesota and uh, possibly some mixed precipitation or snow, maybe north north of the heaviest rain. But that's pretty, you know, it really just looks like kind of a steady precipitation event with, you know, maybe a half an inch to an inch of precipitation in the, in the hardest hit areas. And, th- and this time of year, that, that kind of weather event is just less and less impressive as we move towards the, the higher humidity and heavier precipitation season. There's just less and less impact and less and less uh, concern associated with that kind of an event. So, yeah, nothing too exciting. Temperatures should be mild to slightly cool for most of the next week. And that would mean in northern Minnesota temperatures in the 40s to 50s, southern Minnesota temperatures in the 50s to 60s. does look like on Wednesday we'll have a shot, some areas hitting 70, especially along and south of the Minnesota River and from the Twin Cities on south also. 
Well, Kenny, even though the weather will be benign for a while, we shouldn't let it lull us into a sense of complacency because this is severe weather season. We did just have Severe Weather Awareness Week, and now it's particularly easy to be distracted given the situation with COVID-19. So it always does pay this time of the year to keep an eye on the weather. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, severe weather doesn't care that we're sort of preoccupied with the health crisis, severe weather. And, you know, we might think that we can only handle one kind of disaster at a time, but that's just not true. We very well could have tornadoes. Well, we will have tornadoes in Minnesota this year, and hopefully none of them will be noteworthy and none of them will be destructive. But that's always every time we begin the severe weather season, that is always in the cards because it's part of our history. And it's just part of the nature of being in a volatile atmosphere. So, yeah, it's good to know. um, You know, I I know that truthfully, a lot of people did not actively participate in any severe weather awareness activities at all. And so I would just recommend for listeners, take a few minutes and think about, okay, do I really know where I get my information? Do I really know where I am at all times? If there's severe weather, especially a tornado or destructive winds heading my way, do I know where in my house or where in my apartment I can go? These are always good things to be aware of. But now that, you know, there's a higher chance of people being at home when one of these, uh, especially early in the severe weather season, just having situational awareness and knowing your whereabouts and understanding what your options are, uh, you know, if, if something bad happens and the severe weather is bearing down on you, that can be the difference between a good outcome and a much less good outcome. Well, Kenny, we'll all keep our eyes on the sky and uh, we will look forward to chatting again coming up in another week or so. Kenny Blumenfeld's a climatologist. I'm Jim Dubois. This is Way Over Our Heads, a weather and climate podcast. Kenny, stay well and we'll see you in a week. Yeah, good talking with you. Thanks, Jim.